Well, I believe that uh, we're going to see miracles just like we saw there as the uh, fellows are over in the Sudan. You know, people are hungry all over the world, and, uh, and, and they're in situations where if God doesn't show up, there is no other source, only him, only his power, only his might. And uh, I'm, I'm just, that song I asked them to sing this morning, You Amaze Me, uh, that's whenever I travel, that's what I always come home with. He just amazes me at the hunger in people's hearts and how he comes and he fills them with everything that, that they need. And uh, I believe that here in America, you know, we face a lot of situations and circumstances. So for us, they're just as crucial in our lives as the circumstances that they face in those nations. And uh, when you come back, you, you have to readjust your thinking or you can think, well, what is the big deal? You know, nothing we face is as hard as what those people face. But whatever you face, you need to see God big in that situation. And so if, whatever you're facing today, I believe God wants to show you some things. One thing that God told me, and I shared it, you heard it on the, on the video, was that God was going to open doors. He had told me in my life that he was going to open doors of opportunity, effective doors of opportunity for me to go and speak in places and that, that I would see him. I would see his glory. And, you know, when God opens doors, he opens a door, the Bible says, that no man can shut. And he shuts doors that no man can open. But in Revelations 4, and this isn't in the message, but I want to just preface the message with this. It says that after these things I looked up, this is John speaking in the book of Revelations, and behold, a door standing open in heaven. There are doors that God opens in the heavenlies. And out of those doors comes great prophetic revelation revelation of what's to come that's that prophetic word the 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 prophet brings a word that is going to help the people go through what is coming you know we individually the bible says because of the holy spirit living in us the holy spirit will show us things to come and and so we need to take uh, that opportunity in our life to know what god is doing but when god gives a prophetic revelation i've learned that he is about to do something that is way beyond what we can ask, hope, or think. And it's going to amaze us when we're finished. The only thing we're going to be able to say was, wow, wasn't God amazing? That's just about all you can say at the end of that. And so in, in that expectation, I think as we walk, uh, and the longer we walk with God, we can feel like, well, you know, I'm just, I'm just here. I'm, you know, I'm just a person that God is, uh, you know, I'm just here holding the pew you know, until Jesus comes. But I believe God wants everybody involved in what he's about to do. All of us, no matter our age or what we're doing. And I, uh, I have to tell you when, um, we made the decision to put John in the position, pastor John in the position of senior pastor, I was very excited. Everything was wonderful. Uh, and then we did that. And then I woke up the next morning and thought, who am I? I know who I'm not. Who am I? And it was a real different feeling because everything that my husband and I had done for 30 years uh, as far as heading this direction for 22, leading this church and being pastors. And when you're the pastor, there's this mantle that is on you. And I could feel it was gone, but I couldn't. There wasn't anything there to <laughs> fill it back up. You know, it was like I, I said to somebody, you know, it was like a. You know, a hole in your heart. I was in the, in the women in Mexico. I was speaking to them that, you know, if, if you don't have something in your heart, 
then you have nothing to go forward. And if you don't have a desire in your heart, hope attaches to desire. And faith is the evidence of things hoped for. So if in your heart there's nothing in there that you're desiring, then you're going to have a hard time not just having hope, but ever walking in faith because faith attaches to hope. And God began to speak to me. And he said to me, this is the biggest test. I think I shared that on a Wednesday night with the scripture he gave me was Luke 18, that when he said to the young, rich, young ruler and the rich, young ruler replied to Jesus, oh, I've done all those things. You know, I've been all those things. I'm, I'm, I'm doing the right things. And then Jesus said, well, there's still one thing you lack and that's to sell all. Everybody say sell all. And I believe that's where the body of Christ is that have known the Lord, that people who have walked with God, I believe we're to the sellout portion. And the sellout portion in the kingdom of God releases everything that God has. I saw this when I was in Mexico, and God really used that trip to open my eyes. Dwayne Kirshner, the man that I said on uh, the video that I showed, you know, pointed out to you, he went there as a young man, as a hippie out of the Vietnam War, um, and he went down and walked the coast of, of Mexico. That's what God told him to do. Came to this point where there was a white rock out in the, in the ocean, in the Pacific. And he saw it and he felt like God said, swim out to that rock. So he swam out to the rock and he looked back and God told him, all of this is for me. And he showed him this place where I went. This is a young man. This is a young man who had been through the Vietnam War, uh, had, had things in his life that, that had not been right. And, and he had gotten saved, but he really didn't know anything. And he began to just work with the people down there and meet with, meet with other pastors down there. And he grew up in the things of God. Long story short, he ended up in Tulsa with us. He launched this base the year after we came here. He had at one point asked us to take his church in Larned, Kansas, because he knew he was going back to Mexico. He and his wife hunted up and down that coast for that white rock because he didn't know where it was. They found the white rock. And where that white rock was, some people had started to build a, a hotel. And a coral snake bit and their dog. And the wife said, we're out of here. And they left the building with one floor and lots of weeds. And when Duane and Sue found it, they said, there's the white rock. This is the place. And it had a building on it. And from there, this place has been built. It is like a piece of heaven. It is so beautiful. Everything there just expresses who God is. That uh, you amaze me <laughs> song that says, I see you in the mountains. I see you in the wind. I see you in the, you know, you, you just see God when you walk on this base. And so we were sitting talking about this. And Sue said, the, hus the wife of, of Duane said, well, when, when Duane got saved, his life was in such a mess. That when he got saved, he truly died. He died. And what was resurrected in him was only what God wanted him to be. And God said to me, that's what I'm telling you. When you sell all, when you recognize you are dead. You are dead and he is alive. And when you commit to that level, all of heaven's resources become yours. But it has to be at that level. And that's what God said to me. That's what I'm asking you. Sell all. And, uh, you know, I love all of you. And, and at first I thought, well, you know, where would all my people go? 
And I really wasn't that attached to you. Uh, sorry. But when Bill was pastor, I was attached to you. I was his wife. My role as his wife was not the same. You know, I was there to support him, to help him take care of everybody and to do the things God called us. But when I became the pastor, then all of you became my responsibility before God to pray for, to, to, to make sure you were okay. And, and so suddenly, John and Elizabeth took that role. John became senior pastor. And then I'm looking for all my peeps. I don't have any more. They're gone. And so I felt this emptiness. But then God said to me, no, no, I'm just asking you to sell out. Now I'm asking you to give everything that you gave me and give it back to me. And then when you're sold out, all of heaven will be available. Wow. Now I don't even know what that means yet. So I can't preach at all. But I can preach this to you. Unless you know you're dead, you can't live. And that's what I want to share with you today. Living dead. Everybody say living (laughs) dead. Now, listen, this is freedom. This is total freedom. This is nothing that will hold you down. There will be nothing left that the devil can do because there's nothing left of you. And the truth is, it happened the day you received Jesus. You died. And I want to show you that today. Let's look at John chapter 8, verse 31. And I'm going to go quickly through these scriptures, but I believe you're going to get a revelation. Everybody say revelation. That a door of heaven is open for you today to understand what it means to be living dead and the freedom, open the door, the freedom that will come with that into your life to be all God's called you to be. It says in John chapter 8, this is Jesus speaking. Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, if you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. And if you know the truth, the truth shall make you free. They answered him and said, we are Abraham's descendants and have never been in bondage to anyone. You know, I think that's what a lot of the church, well, we're just, we belong to God. You know, we're not in bondage. How can you say you may, will make me free? And Jesus answered them, most assuredly, I say to you, whoever commits sin is a slave of sin and a slave does not abide in the house forever, but a son abides forever. Therefore, if the son makes you free, you will be free indeed. That slave of sin happened when Adam and Eve sinned in the garden and sin became the ruler of this world through Satan. Sin. Sin dominated. Now, there's a difference between sin and sin nature. How many of you know that your sin nature still tries to resurrect every now and then? But sin, you have been set free from. Now, this is so important because if you understand this, you will not be an alcoholic. You will not be a drug addict. You will not be held or bound by anything that this world has to offer. You will not be fearful. You will not be a person who walks out of peace because you are dead. That part of you is dead. And the part of you that is alive walks in the power of God everywhere you go. And this is a revelation I believe we're all going to have to have for the day we're living in. He whom the sun sets free is free indeed. If you look at uh, John 14, 6, it says, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. When you receive Jesus, you received everything that you have need of. That is a true statement. It says in Hebrews 10, 20, that we have a new and living way that we walk. That means we have, a, we have in our ability an expectation to be able to walk 
free from everything that holds this world in bondage or in a place of lack. It says in John, in Romans 4:19, and this is where I was. I was preaching to these women and I was in this scripture, Romans 4:19, and God said to me this word about being dead. And it became real to me. And then Marilena, the other girl that was traveling with us, got up the next morning and talked about dead and alive. And I'm telling you, it was like God opened the door of heaven and showed me what it means to be dead. Everybody look at your neighbor and say, if you know Jesus, you already died. You know, you hear people say, you need to die to yourself. No, you don't need to die to yourself. You have to deny yourself. But you don't die to yourself because you already died. Amen? You're alive unto Christ. This is what it says in Romans 4. And not being weak in faith, Abraham did not consider his own body. Everybody say he did not consider it. Already dead. See, he was. we're talking physical now. He wasn't in a position to father a child. This is a natural thing. He wasn't in that position since he was about a hundred year old years old and the deadness of Sarah's womb. He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God. I'm going to share a little more on that on Wednesday night. And I'm going to share next Sunday on this because I believe God wants us to have a revelation of what this means. But today I'm just sharing on you are already dead. See, he was the father. He was Father Abraham. He was dead in his physical body. You are dead in your physical body as far as inheriting the promises of God. The only way you can inherit them is through the Spirit of God. The only way you can inherit them is by the presence of God that resides on the inside of you. And when you become aware of that, you can take anything that God has for you because you live in that realm. But you don't know it because you don't know you're dead. Does that make sense? I'm trying to help you today. It really helped me. I was preaching when God said this to me. And that's the way you have to live your life. Like Abraham. Like you're dead. That means in your own ability you can't do it. But when you trust me for everything, there is nothing impossible for you. And I saw this base. And then I heard Sue say, when Dwayne died, he resurrected only as a person who wanted to do only what God said. I remember when we came here, my husband went to the newspaper and, you know, where this is his hometown. And so he went in there to make an ad for the newspaper. And this man said, are you the Bill Mickler that I went to school with? And Bill recognized him and said, uh, no, he died. <laughs> and he didn't know how right he was. He died. You know, when I watch my husband with the Sudan, he is dead. But he is alive to the things that God has put in his heart about the Sudan. When I look at Pastor John, he is dead to himself in things. And then he is alive to the call of God on his life. See, if you want everything, then you will have to walk dead. That means fear that cannot attach itself. Jesus said, when the devil comes, he will find no place in me. What was he saying? I don't have any of that in me. I'm human, but I am dead to that control. I have only one person in control of my life, and that is God himself. Now, this will help you because when the enemy comes and says you're sick, you say, no, I'm not sick. That part of me that you can attach to is dead. I am alive unto God. I am healed. 
by the stripes of Jesus. It makes the word come alive because you're dealing in a different arena. It says in Romans 6, and uh, Lent starts this week on Wednesday. And uh, in the past, I had done series about looking at our life during that time. You know, Lent, a lot of people, it's going to be Fat Tuesday down in New Orleans. You know, they're, they're going to eat everything they can on Tuesday. I never have gotten that, you know. I mean... I don't see what the deal, but anyway, but then they fast, they find, you know, they, they have to fast something, but, but I'm, I, I believe it's just looking at your life and examining it and seeing where you are this year from where you were last year. How much closer to God are you this year than you are, than you were last year? There should be some improvement. Turn to your neighbor and say, it, it should be. It should be. There should be more understanding, more revelation, you know, uh, more life of God in you operating on a regular basis. And so as we look at that, we're really looking at what Christ did for us because it's all about Calvary. It's all about the blood. In order for you to live, you had to die. And when you received Christ, you died, but you died the death he died on Calvary, which made you free. Are you getting this? I'm having to go quickly. Look at. Verse 11 of Romans 6. Likewise, you also reckon yourself. Everybody say, reckon yourselves. Reckon yourselves. That means you make a decision to see yourself rendered inoperative. That's what, it rendered, that's what reckon means. Rendered inoperative. In other words, my flesh has no value to my being who God called me to be. You're in, you're, you reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin. You're dead indeed to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body, that you should obey it in its lust. And do not present your members as instruments of unrighteousness to sin. That means your things you do. But present yourselves to God to being alive from the dead. And so if you're dead and the enemy begins to play with your flesh, you say that that that's dead. I'm alive unto God. And in the life of God, all the resources are available to overcome sin because it says Jesus was tempted, but he did not sin. What does that mean? Because the devil had no place. He, he could be free. I believe that a lot of the body of Christ that's born again and spirit filled. I know from my own life, I was not free. I was not free. God had to do something in my life to make me free. And he did it. But it was a revelation that it is all of him and none of me. And until that happens, we we are not going to be able to be free. How many of you know people in the body of Christ that are still bound by things? The difference in the body of Christ from the sinner in the world is that they hide it. And the longer you hide it, the more control it gets. It's just the way it is. And then there's no victory. It says in in verse 5, right up above in Romans 6, if we've been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection. That's how we'll be like him. And then it says, knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves of sin. Slaves. How many of you know that? The things that are not right, they are very controlling. They will make you a slave. They will make you a slave. But if you recognize, I died. I died. I, when I received Jesus, I died. And all that bondage died at the same time. How many of you have heard my husband say, when you got saved, you got delivered? 
you know, and I used to think, well, honey, don't be so harsh. Let's, let's help them, you know, let's, you know, and, 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 you know, you can baby the flesh all day long and you can coddle the flesh and the devil loves it. And he will just park himself right there and be right in agreement, but you will never be free. Everybody say free. See, the body of Christ that God is going to use in these last days is without spot or wrinkle. The body of Christ that God is going to use mightily in this last day are a people who know they are free. Because if you are free, then you can tell somebody else you can be free. And it's not what I do. It's what God's going to do miraculously. Everybody say miraculously. It's a miracle. It goes on in a verse uh, 16. It says, do you not know that to whom you present yourself slaves to obey, you are that one slave whom you obey, whether to sin leading to death or of obedience lead to righteousness. You have a choice to follow and be a slave to sin, have the enemy control you or to, to walk in the righteousness. But God be thanked that though we're, we were, though you were slaves of sin, yet you obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine to which you were delivered. Everybody say delivered. And having been set free from sin, you became slaves of righteousness. So the thing that God has put on the inside of you, if you become a slave to that, you will no longer have to deal with those things that try to pull you the wrong direction. This is revelation for people because a lot of people stay in bondage and they're waiting for somebody to lay hands on them. They're waiting for something to happen. And I believe we do lay hands on the sick. We do cast out devils. Those are all real things. But the goal of every believer is to walk dead, to live dead. In other words, there is nothing that's holding my life that is keeping all of heaven from being available to me in my life. It says the wages of sin are death, but eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord is a gift. Everybody say a gift. This is free. This is all free. We don't have to pay for anything. And when God sent Jesus, he sent a way for you to become new. Everybody say new, a new creation. That's not just, Oh, I got saved last week. It's like totally cleansed, totally made New. Let's look at Second Corinthians chapter 5. It says in verse 14, For the love of Christ compels us because we judge thus, that if one died for all, then all died. Can I say that again? If one died for all, then all died. We all died. You know, when I was first saved, I didn't have a revelation of that, that I had already died. But when you get the full revelation of this, you will not fear death. So fear will have no attachment to your life because you're already dead. <laughs> the part of you that will live forever is alive. And so you will just leave this place and you will reside in heaven. The part of you that will die is the flesh. And that has already been taken care of at Calvary. And that will be buried. But you will rise and you will be alive. You are already alive like that here. That's why Jesus said, go and preach the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Because when you receive Christ, all of heaven is available to you. Now, you may be here today and say, well, some of it's missing. <laughs> like a big hunk over here is missing. <laughs> That's what I said when God said to me, when you got me, you got everything. I thought, ooh, we are in big trouble. I was a single mom with three kids. I didn't have money to buy groceries. I, I, you know, I mean, this did not look like abundance. 
But what God was saying to me, when you got me, you got everything. Until you get that revelation, you will have nothing. You will have things stolen from you. You will have things taken from you. When I was explaining this down in, in Mexico, God gave me that song, you put your whole self in, you put your whole self. And those women were like. But the Americans were all shake it all about. They were all about it. But, you know, God just, I was up there preaching, and he does that lots of times. But, but I was talking about in Christ. We are in Christ. You are a new creation in Christ. You stepped out of yourself, and you stepped into Christ. And it was a total buyout. Total. Total. Nothing of that old can hinder you. Now, like Paul said, it shows up every now and then. You know, it, there's that old man jumping up. But, but it is dead. It has no right to jump up. And when you are alive, you know what to do with it. You know what to do with it when it shows its head, when it comes up. Because you are a new creation. You put your whole self in. And you shook it all about. And you came alive unto Christ. And now you're new. You are not the same person. And it's us seeing ourselves that way that's going to make the change. It says here, and he died for all that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and rose again. Therefore, from now on, everybody say from now on. Now, this is supposed to be from now on once you're saved. We regard no one according to the flesh. No one. We have known Christ according to the flesh, yet now we know him thus no longer. We know him only as the Savior of the world. He conquered sin, which was the thing that had dominion over us. It's been conquered. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. I want to just for a second, everybody say, no, no man according to the flesh. And start with yourself. Say that again. And start with yourself. No, no man after the flesh. Because when we look at ourselves in the flesh, when we look at others in the flesh, we cannot be alive unto God. We are walking like we're not even born again. That, that seems a little harsh. But I believe it's God because it says in Galatians 2.20, it says, it's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me and the life that I live. Everybody say the life that I live, the life that I live, I live through him in him who loved me and gave himself for me. You know, when the Bible says that we love God, we have to lose our life. In order to gain it. That's what it means. We have to lose that understanding of who we are in the flesh. And we have to, by that, gain who we are in Christ. There's not a person here today that does not have victory. We sang that song, Open the Doors. You know, we are Victory Christian Center. But there is not a person in the body of Christ who has not obtained the victory. It says so. In 1 Corinthians 15, 57 and 58. Now, thanks be unto God who gives us the victory. What does it say right before that? Oh, death, where is your sting? Oh, grave, where is your victory? Why? Because it's already settled. 
It's already settled. It's settled in your life. It's settled in my life. And there are a world of hurting people that need to see that in the body of Christ. And it happens not when we, di- we die to ourselves, but when we deny that old man the right to rule. We deny him the right to say who we are because that's no longer who we are. You know, when I was um, in, in Tulsa in 19... 19- uh, 79. Uh, you've heard me talk about sitting at my piano and playing songs. This was my hundred heartwarming sacred favorites. It was a Baptist book. I would sit down at that piano and I would play and play and play. And there was a song in here. None of the pages are hooked together anymore. This is, this is the death process. <laughs> this is when death became a reality to me. <laughs> And uh, I want to encourage all of you to die. You know, we, this is what I'd like to ask you to do between now and Easter is uh, let that old man die. Let it be over once and for all. I don't know what that's going to mean for you. I, I believe Elizabeth's going to share with the ladies next week. And I know the message that she has is message of God. And uh, women sometimes have a little harder time because our emotions, we were made to be more emotional. I believe that men don't, don't panic. God knows he made us. You just pray for God to get a hold of us in that arena and don't try to get a hold of us yourself. Hallelujah. And uh, men are not necessarily as emotional. You know, uh, my husband doesn't cry because he's emotional over Sudan. I want to tell you he cries because he's God. God cries over the Sudan. God has emotion, but emotions are not supposed to rule. My emotions totally ruled my life. What is that? That is, that is the dead man acting alive. And you say, well, can't we ever cry? Well, sure, go ahead and cry. But at the same time, be speaking the word of God. Hallelujah. Don't say, you know, let those emotions get under control of the Holy Spirit. Don't get rid of them. Get them under control. Hallelujah. And that's male or female. But this is, this is how God changed me. And I believe he wants to change all of us. Because once we get a revelation of this, you won't be so hard on yourself. You just say, oh, that's that dead person standing up again. Would you sit down, lay down, get under my feet? You have to understand there is a devil, but he plays with your ability to do what he asks. God wants you to rise above that. And this is, what it, this is the song I started singing. Jesus be the Lord of all. Jesus be the Lord of all. Jesus be the Lord of all. The kingdoms of my heart. See, there can only be one kingdom. It's his. Well, then I got into these verses. In my heart are kingdoms, a world that's all my own. Kingdoms that are only seen by myself and God alone. How many got a few of those? Y'all do. You just not admit it. I know you don't have to no raising hands in the past. When I tried to rule my world, it just seemed to fall apart. So please, Jesus, be the Lord of all the kingdoms of my heart. And then I <laughs> thought I was having a breakdown for a whole year. Every night, God was causing all that death to come out of me. But he never takes out that he doesn't put in. See, that's not who God is. And then he said, I'll fill you up with my love. Well, you know what love is. That's God. So what he was saying was, I'm going to fill you up with me. Then I got to this part. 
I guess I only fooled myself, for I said I had yielded all. I could not believe how many doors God had to open to clean me out. They tried to cast the devil out, and they couldn't get the doors open. All they did was shake me and scare me half to death. Hallelujah. But in a secret corner of my heart was a kingdom that did not fall. I will say this to you today with knowing it's true. If you do not have victory in an area of your life, there is a kingdom in your heart that has not fallen. And God is knocking on the door. And the longer you don't answer it, the more stronghold that thing will have. It's in your heart. I surrender now. Make my heart your throne. Make my heart your throne. What does that mean? You set up. You set up your life in me. You set it up. Rule its kingdoms, great and small. For if you're not Lord of everything, then you're really not Lord at all. Now, I'm telling you, I went through a lot of Kleenex. I went through a lot of those boys up there saying, turn the piano. Stop playing the piano. Mother, we're trying to go to sleep. I just kept playing. I got us all free. Not me, God. But we all got free because I just kept playing and singing and confessing. Did I really want it? Not really. In my flesh. But when I kept singing it and confessing it and singing it and confessing it, one day I woke up and it was over. I died. Amen. Let's stand. We hope you've been encouraged, strengthened, and challenged in your walk with Jesus. If you need prayer for situations in your life, we encourage you to email us at prayer at victorylafayette.org or call our offices at 765-447-7777. If you desire to make Jesus the Lord of your life, or if you've drifted away from the relationship you once had, I encourage you to pray this prayer with me today. Heavenly Father, I believe that you love me. I believe Jesus died for me and rose from the dead. Today, I confess Jesus as my Lord and Savior, and I receive the forgiveness for all my sins. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you come into my life and empower me to live a victorious life. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen.